I'm Christopher Haluski. And I'm Jason Alejandro. And this is Dissection, brought to you by JK Design. Amy Lee Walton is a multidisciplinary designer that walks the line between creative and coder. She considers herself a practicing designer, cartographer, and speaker who likes to write narrative and code. She currently works at Mapbox, where she designs maps, curates and queries open source data, builds systems for outreach engagement, and teaches others the secrets of excellent cartography. Amy is an MFA graduate from the Maryland Institute College of Art. After graduating college, she worked as an interactive and web designer in the Pacific Northwest. In this episode, we spoke with Amy about um, a project she worked on at Mapbox. And Amy is one of those designers who, you know, when we talk about the supposed left side and right sides of the brain, I really wish I had the like analytical side, like that was that work kind of like how she works. I mean, she uses coding as like most of her job is done in coding, which I think is pretty fascinating. And just the like the process of how she works is really cool to me. Plus, who wouldn't want to work on maps? Yeah, I mean, we talk about this a little bit in the episode, but I think most designers, most people who are um, aesthetically aware and conscious about that kind of stuff there's an appeal to maps. There's this combination of functionality and aesthetic beauty and the sense of kind of travel and adventure built into them too. There's all these things that come together in maps. And um, so, yeah, there's just this inherent beauty and attraction to designers and maps. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely one one of those uh, conversations that we learned a ton just listening to uh to her talk about her process and how she works and with the tools that she uses um you know it's it's great because i think it's really kind of expanding what we tend to think of um when we talk about the you know the role of the designer you know uh that it can be i mean i forget about maps all the time like i forget that people make them you know (laughs) yeah i think it's really interesting the idea of the role of the designer expanding like a map designer even 50 years ago, probably, was someone who sat down and drew it by hand. And it was a completely, you know, a very laborious process, probably some by someone who had some sort of artistic inclination. um, But it was a very different process. And now it's done almost entirely in code. Yeah, they would have they would have studied cartography, right, as opposed to I mean, now, if you're going to be a cartographer, you essentially have to probably know a little bit of like, you know, some programming as well as the like typographic hierarchy, like all these different things. So um, all in all, really, you know, fantastic project. Um, And you can go to our website to see images of the map that she did of Los Angeles, which we'll be discussing in the episode. My name is Amy Lee Walton, and um, I work as a designer, engagement and experience lead at Mapbox. I previously went to the Maryland um, Institute College of Art, um, MICA, and studied graphic design. I got my MFA in graphic design, and before that, I got an undergraduate degree at University of Cincinnati in um, information systems, actually, which is like the business version of computer science. Um, And between those two times, I actually worked in Seattle. Um, I worked at a design agency um, doing more interactive design and um, interactive experiences. And um, I also worked at a few startups and a few um, smaller development um, shops 
where we did anything from um, kind of flash animation, uh, 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 choose your own adventure style for um, some HR documentation and um, testing uh, for new employees, and um, other types of uh, larger scale kind of products and projects that uh, involved interactivity and answering questions and um, that type of thing. So um, yeah, I've had experience kind of across the the field of you know being a designer at an agency in house and um, being a hired gun. So very cool. So just to kind of get started, tell us about the, this project we're going to be speaking about. I'm, I'm not even sure actually what the name of the title of the project would be. So kind of tell us the title and how you even got the opportunity to work on this project. So essentially, um, this is a project that I worked on. Um, for a talk that I was doing in Los Angeles. And um, uh, basically my company has been touring uh, the East Coast and the West Coast. And we've been having these little meetups where our users um, are invited and you know we have uh, food and you know drinks and, and we get to talk to them about um, some of their projects, what they're working on and also share with them um, some things that we're working on and so essentially this product or this project got started because I was going to be going to LA and I wanted to make um, a mapping and data focused project that was relevant to that audience and so um, because I'm also obsessed with taking pictures on a plane and I had just went to Seattle and kind of saw the Rocky Mountains and took some awesome photos um, but it was very much you know in the northern area I was very excited about going to LA because it would be um, more the southern tip and so I would be able to see a totally different terrain and um, I was really excited about being able to kind of capture that within the map. Um, we also had just released a terrain data layer so um, it allowed for deeper shadows and um, better contrast in the style and so I really want to explore that and create it. Um, so I just kind of call it LA Terrain. <laughs> that isn't too exciting of a name but um, that was uh, the focus for the project. Uh, the work that you do is pretty different than the work that a lot of the designers we've interviewed thus far have done. Um, I'm wondering if you can, I personally have always loved maps. I was really into maps in like middle school and I would just nerd out over maps and globes and atlases. I think and every designer to some extent loves maps. There's yeah. just something about maps that is inherently attractive to designers. So I'm wondering if you could give us a little bit of a primer um, as far as, you know, thinking of your own research, thinking of your own research, your own creative process. Where do you start with designing a map? Obviously, the tools that we have nowadays are so m completely different than, you know, we had even 50 years ago, 20 years ago. So um, what is that process like for you? Yeah, um, so I also kind of just always loved maps. Um, and uh, when I started working at the company, um, I got to dive into a lot of things um, behind the scenes that uh, maps uh, represent and how they're built. Uh, data is a huge part of maps and just uh, not only um, data uh, overall but kind of like where you are on the map like not you know like are you in Portland uh, because the road networks are totally different in Portland than in Boston um, 
Are you looking at a global view or are you always all the way down to a street level? Or are you looking at regional kind of area? Um, so when you think about maps, especially web maps, um, I guess back in the day people would make a map and it would just be that map. You'd roll it out and you had to see everything on that map. And now it's more... Um, more curated, I guess you would say, to the specifics of the use case of the map and also um, what you want to reveal at certain levels um, as far as context for the map. Um, so I would say that what I start with when I'm working on a project is the context. Um, so with this project, LA was the focus. Um, I I've totally wanted to capture the terrain and I had a visual for what I wanted it to look like. Um, that's always the best way for me to start with it. Um, this is um, looking at more thematic maps, so maps that have an aesthetic or a style to them. Um, they're usable to an extent, but they're not like functional, like you know, maps that you're going to use for navigation, maps that you're going to use like general purpose maps. They're more um, aesthetically uh, specific. Um, and so I start with that concept or the context, um, what this map will be used for and or what is inspiring me about the map. So I did a map previously that was a, like, you know, uh, focused on a Roy Lichtenstein painting. It was inspired by one. And so there were elements from the painting um, and from his style and pop art in general that I could pull into the map. And um, using the different data and um, different layers of, um, you know, land use, like, uh, grass versus um, uh, crop, uh, road styling, highway shields, those types of design or um, data elements, adding a style onto those elements um, is, is kind of a part of it as well. So it's a little bit of, you know, knowing what the context is and what you're trying to pull out of the map, but then also um, thinking about the different areas where you can control an aesthetic element that would match um, what you're going for visually or what's important for that map. And so kind of going on further from that, talk a little bit about how you actually begin designing the map itself and the use of color, the use of type. Um, talk a little bit about that and how that process works for you and whether that starts on paper with sketching or if you're doing it all on the computer or kind of... Yeah, I would say that um, it's definitely heavily on the computer. Um, I do at times kind of do quick little doodles and sketches that um, are exploring um, a different uh, texture kind of visual pattern for um, you know hill shades or um, you know if I want to do something with a diagonal thin line or something with you know more of a, a dot kind of pattern so I do do small explorations in that that way like constantly um, but for the most part, I start with something visual like a photo um, or a map from history, like an old map that I like or some specific element of an old map. Like uh, the Swiss topo maps have um, so much detail and specificity and the way that they were styled and um, illustrated. And so there might be a small element that I want to explore. Like there's um, at times they use a dotted pattern for um uh, forest areas. So being able to kind of like explore specific um, treatments on things or like using bathymetry, like that type of thing. So it's really kind of like connecting data with like a visual um, reference that I already have. Uh, yeah, I would say that that for the most part is the way I start like looking at my sketches over time, things, textures that I want to explore, and then also looking at the visual real life elements that I'm trying to capture in this um, web 
vector map that I'm creating. I completely forgot about something that's very important to the process, which is um, creating a style guide. Um, so typically what I do for um, map design projects is uh, start with this uh, style guide. And the style guide is essentially um, the colors, the patterns, the iconography, um, and uh, anything from the typeface uh, sizes. Um, so looking at the different zoom levels and the um, actual font that it's going to be in to um, looking at um, the line widths for the road networks and that type of thing. So um, I create uh, this template. I usually create an illustrator and it essentially has all of these basic design elements there. Now this is a very iterative process so I'm not going to necessarily go in and like create this beautiful style guide for the map and then you know implement it on the map. I'm going to um, come up with uh, some of the general colors that I want to do or typeface that I want to do and then once I get into the map and styling and designing the map then I'm going to go back into the style guide and make changes um, if the colors don't work as well together or if the typeface isn't working the way that I planned and so it's a very iterative process and going back and forth I like to have a final um, map style that is very consistent and that's using the same um, you know, uh, font weights and, um, you know, styling and colors, the same blues, that type of thing. And so um, oftentimes once I'm finished and I'm completed with the style guide and I feel like I have all of those elements there, I'll go back and look at the map in Mapbox Studio and make sure that all of those elements are, um, you know, uh, consistent in the way that they need to be. Um, I like having the style guide to uh, show people visually the design elements that I was thinking of for the map. And so uh, it's very important to have that style guide. So, so you used a word there. I have no idea what it was, but it sounds cool. You said bathymetry. Oh, yeah. What is that? <laughs> so bathymetry is essentially looking at the depth of the ocean. Um, and so when you have a data layer that's bathymetry data, you can um, create different levels um, or visuals to uh, imply that depth there. So I love bringing in bathymetry because, you know, seeing um, that adds such a level of uh, texture and, and interest to the water itself. Um, and so I typically bring that in. Um, but essentially, it just lets you add uh, more of a visual um, aesthetic look to uh, the ocean. Gotcha. Neat. So what kinds of tools are you using to create maps? Um, are you doing a lot of these things with code, essentially? Are you basically like using code to give attributes and styles to different elements? Is that how this works? or? Yes, essentially, that's, that is how it works. Um, so my company, Mapbox, they um, are, we're a platform and a software company. And so um, we have uh, the tools for um, people to make maps um, way easier than uh, using some of the um, other uh, tools that we used to have back in the day. Uh, I have, didn't use them back in the day, but still, like, there's uh, a they're tools that are a lot more um, technical, I guess, than um, our tool. Uh, so Mapbox Studio is a tool that you can use to style um, maps. And um, it is a, a UI interface that allows you to do things like decide on the font that you want to use, um, decide on the scale um, of how large the font is when you're looking at a global view and how much larger it gets as you zoom in and start to look at it on street level. Um, you can also decide color, um, you know, add pattern and texture. Um, 
and all of those elements and all of those elements are built on um, uh, Mapbox GL um, style sheet which is essentially a JSON file and that JSON file is determining how um, the map is drawn on the browser and so everything is happening in real time which is really cool um, you can change things dynamically like based on um, you know in the environment that a user might be in or clicks that they might do you can totally change any element of the map um, but you also um, are able to uh, basically have the framework which is the data which is a vector tile and um, decide what that vector tile is going to be drawn and so that's adding like specifically paint properties to it so the things that we um, would think of traditionally in any kind of graphic design um, like you know line thickness uh, pattern dash pattern um, uh, all of the basic elements of you know color typography um, all of these things and so once you're using Mapbox Studio it in the background you're making all these decisions with kind of drag and drop and sliders and it is creating a JSON file for you in the background and so that JSON file is pulling the data sources and it's telling the browser to draw the map exactly the way that you've um, defined it in by using studio so if we could I'm, I'm curious to talk about typography and related to maps and we can talk about this map specific or just in general your process and your approach to how typography integrates with the maps and how you go about making those decisions. And clearly the typography is very important because all of the information on, or a lot of the information on the map is delivered through words and numbers. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, typography is extremely important. Um, and legibility is also very important, obviously, for a map. Um, so, when you're thinking about typography, you have to think about how that typography is going to scale and how it's going to grow. Because, like I said before, you're going to be zooming. The user is going to be zooming in and out. You don't know if the user is going to be looking at. Um, this is going to be a little technical, so like, I'll just just to let you know, like when you're looking at a global view, that's zoom level zero, and when you zoom all the way in to like street level, you're looking at zoom level 22. So it goes from zero to 22. And um, right around Zoom level eight is where you start to see um, road networks and like, the, you know, you can see like the states and the cities more regionally. Um, and then as you continue to zoom into like 12, you start to see a city forming and you see the road networks for the city and you start to see like parks and areas within the city. Um, and so all of the typography for all of those different levels have to be considered. Um, and so if you're looking at uh, the global view, you don't necessarily want to see the name of a park or you don't necessarily want to see the name of a street. And so some of those decisions are made for you because the data isn't available, but a lot of those decisions you also have to make as well. So when you're thinking about typefaces, you're thinking about um, basically you're curating what you want to show and when you want to show it. Um, in deciding a font, uh, that's uh, you know a little bit more tricky. If you want to create, if you want to use a font that is legible, you want to have a font that has like a higher X height. Um, that's really helpful for that. Um, and you also want to think about something that is kind of like a super family or has lots of different weights. Um, I like to pick something that has like you know a thin, a light, and also like a super bold or um, a black, uh, and then really play with that element. Um, of it so maybe you have your city names um, and you make those all like 
uh, bold, but then your state, you kind of have it a lighter, uh, larger font uh, that is, um, you know, a little bit kind of more in the background. So you really want to play with foreground and background with um, the typefaces that you choose, and you want to uh, think about emphasis and hierarchy. Uh, and so all of those uh, very, very specific design elements are super important um, when you're making a map and when you're trying to make something that's legible and um, is legible from all of these different um, viewpoints, essentially. How, what's the timeline on a process, on, like on a map, like the one that you made? I mean, is this something that you are able to do relatively quickly? Is it days, weeks, months? Like what's that, what's that turnaround time like? Yeah, so like any design project, um, you can kind of work on it forever. You can always um, find a place where you want to make changes or tweak it. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with quicker turnaround. Uh, it's I like to spend time, you know, finessing all of the little small elements of a map style. However, sometimes you need to kind of get something fast. And so when I've been going around um, and doing these different meetups, so um, Mapbox went to, like, we're in D.C., so we had a meetup in D.C., also in New York in December, Seattle in January, and L.A. just this month. And so um, those were, you know, fast events that were coming up, and so I quickly had to make a map. Um, and so with those types of maps, I definitely try to hone in on whatever specifically I'm trying to make the aesthetic look like. So for this one terrain, so I spent all my time kind of uh, working on the terrain and making sure that it looked the way that I wanted to look. And then after that, I started to kind of like work on the other elements. But essentially it was, um, I guess I probably spent maybe... Uh, you know, 16 hours total um, working on the map, like, over time. Um, and I also add some, added some interactivity and some data to it, and I got um, one of our uh, developers to actually leverage the data because there was a lot of forest data, um, forest fire data um, coming from California, and it was actually from the entire, uh, everything that happened in 2017, and I wanted to isolate it to some um, more recent fires, and so uh, I was able to get him to convert all of that data and um, wrangle it all together, and then I was able to just filter it out and show it on the map. But that also took some time. And also, I forgot to tell you, there was a little exploration that I did with Unity because I had a vision for looking at this map and looking at those hill shades in 3D. And so spent a little bit of time trying to um, flush that out, which it uh, didn't look exactly the way that I wanted it to. And so that's why I ended up going with a uh, um, traditional map with the data on it. Um, but that also took a little bit of time. So I would say overall, I had probably um, three weeks, you know, with other projects to um, focus on trying to get this project done. So you talked about coding before. Would you say that like most of your day is spent then looking at code? Like I know you said that in the background, it's kind of like the map is then rendering or it's maybe making the changes that you had applied. Um, but like, I guess what part of your day is spent actually looking at code versus either looking at maps or doing or not looking at code, like everything else that you do? So it's it's really tricky because honestly, um, whenever um, I'm creating a map style, like I often look at the code for it. So I often, um, you know, will save it in Studio and then create a Slippy map, which is basically a URL link to the map. And then all you have to do is like delete the .html, and then you can actually see the entire JSON for it. And so I often kind of like to look at that to just you know 
see how I'm rendering things in a different way and if there are elements of that that I want to um, dynamically affect and I open the console log and make changes that way um, often just to kind of see uh, different changes. Usually for the projects there is um, a final uh, a final destination for it or a final um, interactive kind of piece for it um, and so that also involves uh, code using GLJS um, to decide like I want to manipulate the camera options or um, like for this terrain map I actually did a version that had all four of the um, forest fires because you name forest fires which I didn't know that they had names um, but uh, I had a link to each name of the forest fire and had a camera animation that kind of like zooms over to, you know, the Thomas fire and then turns around and pans over to the creek fire. And so adding that um, activity does require code. And so um, I guess often I'm thinking about uh, what data points I'm wanting to manipulate uh, and... Um, how that's going to transfer into code. And for the most part, um, just, you know, whenever you're doing a map style, you're always thinking about what the data is that you're affecting or that you're styling and changing. Um, but uh, as far as, like, applying the code, I would say that that would be something that I would do um, later, and maybe that's, I don't know, like, it's hard to put a percentage on that. Uh, because usually that might take a little bit more time as well because I'm much more familiar with, you know, quickly designing the map. But, you know, there's something going on with the GLGS and it's changed or we've had an update. Um, yeah, so. It kind of sounds like, I mean, the coding essentially is really integrated. Like it's it's yeah. just part of your entire workflow at every stage or at every point. It's like what you're seeing on screen is obviously dependent upon the code and that you're always kind of going back and checking it. And it's, um, that's really fascinating. It's, you know, kind of, it can be kind of different than like, uh, you know, a UI UX workflow or something, you know, unless obviously if you're a designer who can code too, well, that's differently if you're a front end developer or something, but, um, but no, that's really fascinating. And, and thank you for explaining that. Yeah. Um, I, I find it to be really interesting because one thing that with my role is really important is to get, uh, mapping and, and map design in front of more designers. Um, I think that, first of all, cartographers and um, people who are typically making maps and understand GIS are not, they're not designers. So there are a lot of things that they don't know about color and type, typography and hierarchy and all these different elements. So a lot of times you'll see a map and it's, it doesn't look that exciting. It's, um, I wouldn't say ugly, but it's just not, you know, well designed. Um, and so I think that graphic designers and traditional designers can bring a lot to the table when it comes to map design and really pushing the envelope forward as far as um, the maps that we're seeing on our phones or interacting with in general. Um, and so that's something that I'm really passionate about seeing. Um, but I would say that the code element of it um, provides kind of like makes a little bit of a steep learning curve for people. Um, we do have a lot of example code and honestly I will kind of create uh, a few different types of frameworks so um, I'll make something where you can um, move the camera angle of the map as you scroll up the page um, using example code or um, something that has like buttons and links that animate and fly over to um, different parts of the map and just have those uh, kind of kits ready to go and so then I can just plug in a different map um, style whenever um, because I think that one thing that um, 
is required as far as code is concerned is um, being able to specify the interactivity. So it's a lot harder to decide the camera angles and how the um, uh, interactivity of the map is going to work without knowing some code or being able to kind of create a framework for you to be able to um, manipulate the um, camera and those types of things. So within Studio you can essentially make a lot of styling but there are lots of other design decisions that have to be made that will require people to either um, learn a bit of code or work with a developer, make a developer friend, and you guys can work together. Um, because there's a lot that can be done with code as well, and a lot of those decisions I would think are design decisions. So so for the typographics conference itself, do you know what you'll be speaking about? So one thing that I would say I'm definitely, um, I would say that there are two things that I'm interested in talking about at the typographics conference, which I'm super excited about going to. Um, the first thing would be map design talking about um, how map design and graphic design um, have similarities, what are some of the overlaps, and just going into detail about um, how you would approach map design um, as a graphic designer and talking a little bit about map data and how, um, how maps are built out and how that technology works. Um, I think that that would be super fun and um, I think that people will get a lot out of it. The second thing that I'm really um, thinking about talking about is more on the speculative futures end. I'm really excited and interested about um, autonomous vehicles and what the experience of maps will be during this you know, future time where we won't necessarily need to read a map, um, especially uh, for driving and navigation. So what that experience will look like, because I imagine that experience will have um, a lot of type uh, and a lot of typography to consider. Um, so just doing a little bit of an exploration into that and um, you know, really, really more speculative um, a, a chat about kind of how those features could roll out and some ideas that I have for that. So those are the two different um, visions. They're very different visions that I have for the talk. Um, and I'm super excited about um, the typographics um, conference. And um, I can't wait to see what other people are going to talk about and also what I'm going to talk about. Uh, so yeah. Very interesting. Cool. That, that'll be really cool to hear. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and your work. Yeah. So um, my personal website is Studio Ames. So, you know, studioames.com. Um, you can find out or find a lot of my work there. And um, all the things I've ever written about maps is there as well, as long as uh, as well as um, links to presentations that I've done about maps and um, slide decks about maps um, and maps that I've made. Um, also, um, I tweet often, so, um, my Twitter name is Amy Lee W, so you can follow me on Twitter and see, um, some little snips of maps that I'm working on, or, you know, if I'm going to be speaking somewhere, um, that type of thing. Uh, and then Mapbox, um, has a really awesome blog called Points of Interest, um, and that is on Medium, and, um, I often, uh, write items there and so you can find some things that I've written there in the past uh, I've um, done a few designer styles and so I think there's maybe five or so out there in the wild that you can take a look at um, and see kind of some of the processes I've done for those um, styles as well another thing is um, I actually wrote a um, book 
It's a guide to map design. And so in that, I'm talking about um, all of the very important things to think about when you're making a map style. So I talk about um, typography, color, um, iconography, pattern, texture. Um, and then I talk about uh, different principles of design. So looking at um, hierarchy, uh, looking at contrast, um, and looking at you know some of these design principles that we're familiar with and um, applying them to map design and seeing kind of visual examples of how they're applied. Um, in addition to that um, guide, and it's about like you know 80, 85 pages, so it's a little bit of light reading, but it's um, it's a good read. Um, I have lots of examples in there, and I also break down the map box um, data that is provided with Mapbox Studio. So we have um, three different data sources, um, Mapbox Terrain, uh, Mapbox um, Streets, which is just the general data, and then also um, traffic data. So all of those data are readily available to you in Mapbox Studio. And um, uh, in, that in that book, I actually go over um, the different types of data sources and really break down um, how maps work as well. Uh, when we were um, talking earlier, I was explaining how, you know, there's this uh, data layer that is this vector map behind every map. And essentially, the styling that you're doing is adding um, and, and defining how that map is going to be drawn. Um, and so it's really important to know what that data layer looks like. And typically, people have um, custom data that they're wanting to add as well. And so that's something that has to be formatted and prepared um, as a vector tile. And so I go into that a little bit more explaining you know, the relationship between the vector data, the vector tiles, and the styling, and how all those things come together in the browser to draw the map that you create. Um, so I would definitely recommend that you guys check out the guide to map design. It is on um, mapbox.com forward slash map hyphen design. And you can go there and um, I think sign up and uh, get a downloaded copy of the um, map design guide. So yeah, check that out. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. This was really fantastic. Oh, thank you. This was very fun. I like thinking about maps and obviously speaking to graphic design, um, graphic designer audiences. Very exciting to me. To see a slideshow with images related to the project for this episode, please go to dissection.jkdesign.com. And while you're there, you can also learn more about us and listen to past episodes. Also, don't forget to go to iTunes, where you can subscribe and leave us a positive review if you like the show, which we hope you did. And you can also listen on SoundCloud, and you can leave comments on this particular episode there. Dissection has been brought to you by JK Design, a branding, advertising, and design agency with offices in New York and New Jersey. To learn more, check us out at jkdesign.com.